Okay, so um, for those of you do that don't know me, I'm Jean, and um, we've been coming here to Lake Sam for not quite four years, and have been uh, really blessed and have gotten to know a bunch of people, and um, we're grateful for the relationships that he has given us and that he is growing. It's been um, a gift to us. Um, uh, we have, my husband and I, we will, um, in August, we'll have been married for 39 years. Um, and we have two kids. They aren't here because our son is 36, and he and his wife live in South Bellevue, and they attend a different church and are involved there. And our daughter and son-in-law and five grandkids live in Cedar Woolley, and our five grandkids are seven and under. So they've been... <laughs> And um, love being a grandma, and I get to retire. I'm going to retire next year, so that I can spend more time with the grandkids, and and I'm looking forward to that. Um, I work in healthcare, and um, I'm currently down to just two days a week. I work at Overlake Hospital. I'm a respiratory therapist. I've been doing that for um, it'll be 40 years, August 1st, and I've been uh, at Overlake for 31 of that. I get to see Roger on Wednesdays when his volunteer day, and that's kind of fun to have a connection there. Um, I did direct patient care for 28 years, and I've been doing working in diagnostics in the last 12 years. So that's a little bit about me. Um, oh, I like to bicycle with, with Rick. I'm not, I, it's more fun to do it with him than just to go by myself. I enjoy swimming and... Um, I like to read, don't do much of that unless I'm on vacation. And um, I like working in a yard in our yard, which we've got a large yard that's got needs lots of tending. And so I like doing the cleanup and making things look nice. He does the big stuff and I do the little fine detail. So why am I up here this morning? Um, I believe that the Holy Spirit prompted me to hand Kurt a piece of paper during one of his messages, and um, knowing full well that I could end up up here. Um, and, um, but I wanted to be obedient to what, what the Holy Spirit was asking me to do. This is not my place of comfort. Um, I would much rather be anywhere else but here. Um, I've never done this before, and so it was a little, um, it was with a great fear, actually, on this. Um, this came up about a week and a half ago. Um, he asked if I would share what uh, the Holy Spirit had given me that has been of benefit to me. And um, so I said yes. So knowing that I, what I'm stepping into, I know that the enemy would kind of like to take people out <laughs> or make it difficult for them. So I had fully anticipated because I'm speaking about dealing with an offense, a personal offense, I had thought, okay, this week I'm going to anticipate that that's what he's going to do. I'm going to have somebody say something to me. It's going to be big. I'm going to struggle. And I'm going to have this great, you know, this week's story to tell you. That's not what the enemy did for me. He, he took my fear, <laughs> capitalized on that. Um, and Monday, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, keep your eyes on me, get out of the boat, and I'll help you walk on water. I looked down, <laughs> and I started focusing on the fear of getting up here and running with all the, oh, that's scary, and, and that kind of thing, which took me to a place 
that um, by Thursday I was ready to call Kurt and say, I really, can, can I give my notes to somebody else? <laughs> they can read them, they can deliver it. Um, and I just really was so overwhelmed because I'd taken my eyes off of him. And uh, Rick that night said to me, thank him for what he's given you to share. And I kind of went, oh. Okay, so I, I spent the rest of that evening doing that, which turned it around for me and really helped my, me refocus on what it is that he's given me to share with you. And it's not about me. The focus is on him. He, he can do it. He can use me even to do what he wants to give to you guys because he loves each of us. And it's not up to me to care at all. And he can fill me with what's needed. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And he who began the good work in me will carry it on to completion to the day of Christ Jesus. And it was sort of this... Once I realized what the, that I had been buried in fear, I repented of it. I rebuked it, told it to get out of here, repented for um, living in that place, turned in an opposite spirit, and it's like, okay, I am courageous. I will do this. I have this on me because that's who I am. It says courageous. So <laughs> I am courageous. So this morning I've asked um, Courtney McKinney to pray for the message and to lift up another church all week long on Facebook, her posts. She'd been reading my sermon or my message notes, so I just thought it was appropriate to ask her. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much that your precious daughter, Jean, that you gave her the strength to conquer that fear and gave her the courage to get up there today because there's no other person that I'd rather hear this message from. And um, I just thank you for her heart to get this message across. And that I just ask right now that you just pour out that love that will conquer that fear. And that you just surround her, Lord God, and just calm every nerve. And thank you for reminding her that it's not about her, that it's about you. And that for us, Lord God, that I, there is a sadness that there's still such a division and fracturing. So right now I just stand in the gap and intercede on our behalf, Lord God, that you just pour out your spirit of oneness, your spirit of unity, that we are one body of Christ and that we can walk out here and not carry this message separated, but we can carry this message together in a wholeness, in a new way, Lord God. And I lift up... Um, not just one church, but the church across America, Lord God, mm. that that whole spirit of your unity and mm. one body of Christ yes. can come alive yes. with your new breath that you just pour out today. And again, um, just be with Jean and with us. Let our ears be open in that newness um, that not only that we could hear the message, but truly receive it in Jesus' name by your blood. The only true name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to probably sit for most of this. Um, okay, so like I said, a few weeks ago, Kurt was teaching, um, and it was out of the passage in Luke 17, 1 through 4. And um, 
it says, Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around the neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. The next three words are really important. So watch yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. And even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. The last two verses of that section are the ones that I'm going to be talking about because that's an area where I personally have been kind of stuck at times. Um, it's, the, it's having to do with our own responses, <coughs> excuse me, to things when an offense comes in. Um, an offense is uh, a sin or an emotional violation against us. Um, it's, uh, excuse me, it's a sin or violation against us. It's an emotional response or state resulting from a slight or indignity, and it implies hurt. My natural tendencies um, for dealing with when, when I get hurt or somebody says something that stings really bad, my natural tendencies are that I would put up and shut up. I'm just not going to, I'll just deal with it. To me, this isn't the truth, uh, but this is the way that I would deal with it. It would feel safer to me to just not say anything than it would, would be to respond back. At times, I would have in my head, well, I, I can handle that. You know, it, it didn't hurt that bad, I guess. Or um, I'm too sensitive, and maybe they were right in what was said and what I'm talking about here are not the um, kind of things that happen when they're not the, I'm not specifically speaking about political differences. I'm not talking about differing opinions or areas of offense. I'm talking about a personal offense on that. Um, Another response that I uh, would have at times is, well, maybe I misunderstood. Maybe they didn't really mean to say what was said. Or um, it won't do any good to respond back. They won't even hear me, so it, it's not worth it. Um, I'm, or if I respond back, they might make, uh, it might make them more upset, and I don't want to deal with them getting even more upset. Um, Sometimes I would think that by not saying anything, it would hide my hurt, and they wouldn't know that, that, that I'd been hurt by what had been said. Frequently, I'd end up feeling regret for not, feeling, for not speaking honestly, and I could get stuck in this cycle. Um, I'm going to tell you about uh, something that happened uh, probably two and a half months ago, and it was what has, uh, through this experience, the Lord gave me the, these four steps that I'm going to share with you um, that have helped me in handling an offense. Um, we were with, Rick and I were with some friends, uh, people that we love, and uh, someone said something to me that hurt really deeply. I was really deeply hurt by what was said. And it wasn't the first time that this person had said something. It was kind of one that frequently has said over the years, said things that have hurt me deeply. 
And I tried on my own to kind of deal with it, but what I ended up doing was replaying. My MO is to replay, 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 sit there, um, think about uh, how, how offended I was and how hurt I was, and focus on the hurt and the offender and things. And um, it would, um, it wouldn't get me towards where I wanted to be, which was a place of forgiveness and being able to be free from the offense that came in. Um, and this has been my struggle for many years, is getting over that hump. Um, two, two weeks after this, the Holy Spirit gave me these four things that I could use that have been a very um, big help for me. Um, several of them I have been practicing for a couple years because we learned about these different, a couple different things to handle things, and I've been doing them for probably 12 years. The newest one, and because they hadn't been lined out for me, the newest one was the biggest one and kind of allowed me to be able to progress through and work towards forgiveness and release and set myself free and be in a different place. So the uh, first one that he uh, gave me is... Take every thought captive. What this does is it um, it's, it can stop the cycle if I choose to say, okay, this is I've been hurt. It gives me a pause to choose what kind of response I'm going to have. Am I going to look in myself and deal with what's inside me, or am I going to focus on the offender and? Uh, just live in that place of hurt and offense. Uh-oh. Um, okay. Sorry. Okay. Um, so, um, I, when this came in as step number one for me, um, and I wrote these down when, when I woke up in the morning, the, all four things. They were just, uh, this was the scrap of paper, basically, that I gave Kurt was the four little things. Um, when the Holy Spirit gave me the, the first one, take every thought captive, I thought, well, I've done that one. Um, I just didn't use that in that uh, place. So at that point, I was able to say, oh, my gosh, look what I've done. I've been on this hamster wheel um, and I want, I don't want to be here. I want to be able to be free. I want to forgive. I don't want to let this offense um, have a place that I've given it. So I was able to say, okay, um, I'm going to uh, let, let it, not let it go, but I'm going to say, what do I need to do? Forgive me, Lord, for holding on to this thing for two weeks and replaying it and, and everything. And when I did that, it was, I was quickly able to progress through the next couple steps, which I'll get to eventually. Um, so that was the resolve of the one story. I've got another story I want to share with you <coughs> about taking every thought captive. This one happened, um, uh, let's see, uh, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. Um, but it illustrates well the point. Um, there was a gr group of friends that we were involved with, and a um, close group of friends. We did life with them. We did ministry with them. 
and um, I'll, I'm going to change the names. And uh, two of these friends, I'll say um, Tina and Sally, had a conversation, and Sally said something to Tina that was uh, really hurtful and um, caused a lot of pain for Tina. Later on, and, and we weren't there for that part, um, Tina shared with Rick and I this conversation and the hurt that had come out of that um, thing. And since it, it kind of was like we were all part of this circle, it, it, we were upset by what Tina had said to or what Sally had said to Tina. We had already had some time set aside that we were going to be going to talk to Sally about you know some other things. Some I don't remember. It wasn't any you know this at all. Um, but we were going to be talking to her anyway, and we kind of decided ahead of time that we were going to <laughs> um, go in and also bring up this offense that had uh, happened, and that it really bothered us. And why did she say what she said? You know, and so we went in, we got through our stuff, and then we stepped into the. Uh, uh, we're really bothered by what you said, and it's really caused us, you know, um, some issues. And why did you say what you said? Um, and she responded back to us very quickly, you've picked up an offense that's not yours. This is between Tina and I, and you're here trying to talk to me about something you're not even involved in. Uh, <laughs> that stung, and that was a... Uh, was a rebuke, and a rebuke is actually um, a sharp or stern reproof, and it's it, it can have two. It's meant to help turn back, but it can have either a turn back, and we can uh, use it as a course correction, or it can cause deeper offense. We had been learning about um, owning our own things and being able to hear correction from anybody. And uh, so when we heard that, we knew right away we had been very wrong. We had picked up this fence. We would run with something that wasn't even ours. We'd put it on Tina and, or on Sally, and it really was none of our business. And uh, God really used that. At that time, we didn't know that it was taking every thought captive, but it really was a stop we, get, we have opportunity to check our motives and check our, um, our portion of things. What is our um, things that we need to deal with? So um, we did. We were able to ask, uh, you know, we said to Sally, you're right, we, did, we have done that, and we're really sorry. Will you please forgive us? So we, uh, uh, she did at that point in time. And... Um, so it really, the, the taking every thought captive allows for the choice to be made. Being able to discern how we're going to respond is our responsibility. Are we going to choose the godly way? Are we going to choose to respond in a fleshly way? Which usually um, doesn't, uh, which makes it worse frequently. Um, one of the things I forgot to say about the way that I tended to uh, process Things was when I would not say anything. I've lost my notes here. Um, never mind. Um, 
oh, okay, I, I do want to go back to it, um, that when an offense gets driven deeper, which if, if I had responded, if we had chosen to um, respond in a fleshly way, it would have driven the offense deeper. I, I believe it would have driven the offense deeper. Um, and what that ends up doing for me is it drives it into a place of bitterness, anger, self-pity, holding a grudge. Why did that person respond that way to me? Um, walls of defensiveness, resentment, and a big one that I had done in the past also was creating expectation of it happening again and not giving someone the benefit of the doubt that they could interact with me without causing offense. It was just kind of a setup for I'm already braced for how you react and, or how, you, how we tend to react. But that response, that stop gap when that was spoken, the rebuke was spoken to us, it, it really gave us that opportunity to not go there. Um, um, so some of the, one of the unexpected um, outcomes of the rebuke and the stop gap was, um, I was reminded of the scripture in 2 Corinthians. Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, this is Paul talking to the church at Corinth who's having some difficulties getting along and some disputes among themselves. Um, Even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led to repentance. You became sorrowful, as God intended, and so we're not harmed in any way. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. Worldly sorrow brings death, so we are absolutely grateful, so thankful that the Lord used this to uh, get us to a place in something that we understood when saying something doesn't have to be a bad thing. We can use it in the way he intends for us because his heart is always towards us, one of growth. Um, Okay, so I want to tell you another story Um, because when we... Oh, the reason I told that story is because when we take every thought captive, our responses and motives are the things that we need to look at. We need to own our responses and to deal with them. There's a saying that God will offend the mind to reveal the heart, and he'll use whoever and whatever to do it, if we're open to that. When we take every thought captive and own our part, forgiveness can be worked through quickly, and that's what happened to us, and we're, like I said, we are really grateful for that. So the second thing is choose to speak blessing or words of life over the situation. There is power in our words. And uh, that was something that we learned uh, quite a while ago, too. The next story I'm going to tell is dealing with that. And even though this story happened... 20 plus years ago, once we'd gotten this teaching, I was able to go back and apply it over this uh, situation 
and um, it was able to take me to a different place because I'd struggled on my own to try and forgive um, this offense that had happened to me and did as best I could, but I just really, the, the, the key on this was when I started speaking blessings over this uh, person that had hurt me, it was able to take me through. So this one um, was a work situation. I had a coworker who um, was very difficult to work with and um, tended to communicate with us in ways that were very demeaning, insulting, and uh, threatening at times. There, would, there, would, there was just a fair amount of that, years worth of that. And at, at one point, we just got to the point, several of us, it was like, this is just wrong, and it's demoralizing, and it feels horrible. So we went in and tried to talk to this person about their communication style, and it didn't go anywhere. Um, so it kept going, and there, um, I know, I think I took one other person with me, and we went a little bit above to try and get some help with this situation, um, which that helped in some respects, but this person ended up getting talked to about their communication style, and, um, he retaliated against, um, they retaliated against me um, in, in causing professional damage and, and did something um, really bad. And um, now I'm left with having to deal with this retaliation against me. I didn't want to leave it in that way because it was so, so hurtful to me that I, I wanted to go in and talk to them. Um, I knew that since we'd had conversations before that being heard was an issue. So I took someone in higher authority in with me to help me talk to this person because I, I really wanted to not have it just end in this horrible situation. So I did. I took someone in. And we were able to talk through things and, and I, I ended up being heard. Um, the damage that was done was sort of undone. This person uh, never asked for forgiveness for what had been done. But um, this was the struggle, how do I release this? And so for probably over 10 years, I, it was just hard. And whenever I, because I worked with them for a long time, it was difficult going every day to work. And... Um, this person eventually uh, took a job elsewhere. Um, and then the, once we had this teaching about the power of our words and speaking blessing over people, even though they don't deserve it or whatever, the power's in the words and the power's speaking that. Um, I went back because the Lord reminded me I had some unforgiveness. And so I started doing this with the people that he led me to, he brought to mind that I had unresolved things with. And so I was able to speak you know, blessings over this coworker that had really deeply hurt me. And, um, and I, I just kept going after that and going after that. And what it was doing, it was changing me on the inside, setting me free. Um, and uh, I can tell you that I was able to get to a place of forgiveness fairly quickly at that point. I've been able to be around him, them, excuse me, 
And, um, and I actually, I have, there is no lingering um, animosity. There's nothing left in here. I know it took place. I, you know, I can still, I mean, I'm just very aware of that. But there's nothing left. The Lord did something inside of me to set me free from all of that. Um, I had reason to still be angry at him, but I'm not at all. I can be around him and I can speak blessing over him even at this point in time. Um, the Lord replaced that anger and hurt with compassion. I'm able to see that this person is someone who is made in God's image, who God loves. And, and I'm, I'm just blown away with the power of choosing to speak blessing. Does. Proverbs 18.21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And then um, uh, Luke 6.27-31 and 35-36 say, But to you who are listening, I say love your enemies. Good, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. So again, taking every thought captive, key for me, that was my big missing, uh, the big key that sort of unlocked things for me. Choose, choosing to speak blessing and not cursing over a person sets us free and also there's power that's in what's spoken over them also story three is oops sorry about that I didn't put that one up is um, uh, is an example of step three which is release the offender from the debt I feel is owed me extend grace. In order for a reconciliation to take place, there has to be a debt that's paid. Um, in the legal system, you do you commit a crime, there's some penance that has to, to take place in order for a relationship to, for, for that violation to be, you know, okay. Um, the story I'm going to tell on this is not something that I did, but I was a recipient of, and it's impacted me greatly um, to the point where it makes it easier to release somebody because I understand full well from what somebody did to me that spoke volumes to me. So in this situation, I was at the old... Um, this happened a number of years ago also because it was at the old Overlake Christian Church, which is now the city church, and I'd gone into their bookstore to get to pick up something, came back out, got in my car, was backing up, was watching the rear end of my car, the front end of the car I wasn't watching too well, and on the car next to me. I did some pretty good damage on this car. Nobody was around. I didn't know whose car it was. 
I got out. I put uh, my name, my phone number, the insurance information, anything I could think of was, I stuck it on a piece of paper under the windshield wiper and um, left it there and said, please call me. I didn't hear anything that day. I didn't hear anything the next day and I thought, oh my gosh, the piece of paper's fallen off the windshield and now I have no idea how to rectify this thing that, that I caused damage and I'm, I'm responsible for it and I want to take care of it. The next day I get a phone call from um, a gentleman that identified himself as George who attended um, Overlake Christian Church. I think he was probably one of the sound people. He'd, he had some function that he did there. And he said to me, don't worry about it. I got it. Don't, it's just a car. You don't have to worry about it. And then he went, and I thought, I said, but, and he said, no, don't worry about it. And then he said, we're having a Christmas program. We're having this thing called the Living Christmas Tree, and I'd like to invite you. And it just absolutely blew me away because I owed him a car fix. He held nothing against me. He took that and he completely lifted it off of me. That's what the Lord has done for us. And can I not do at least... <laughs> I and do that myself. Um, that grace being extended changed me. So that's something that I've been learning to do. Um, practicing that is trying to release others when, when I uh, when an offense or I've been hurt. And my heart. Uh, um, how somebody else responds to when I release them is not my responsibility. They, they can deal with it however they want. They stand before the Lord in them. It's not, and it takes me out of the whole thing, which really is a big piece. It's like, I'm not responsible. I can let it go. I can forgive. They stand, this is what's taken place is between them and the Lord. So it really, I'm free. So the fourth thing, step four here, um, is... Taking every thought captive when it first comes in, choosing to speak blessing or words of life and power in that, releasing the offender from the debt I feel is owed me, extend grace. Number four is praise him that he, would, that he loves me enough, that he would remind me just of four little steps to take that thought captive and that it really is him him working in me, transforming me, um, not leaving me in a place where I'm stuck in unforgiveness or I can't get through, but he really is um, doing what, what I long for him to do, which is to transform me and transform my heart and my mind into the way that he, uh, into something that's more of his image. Um, when we take every thought captive, um, and choose to speak blessing and release someone from the debt that we think is owed to us and extend them grace, it reinforces who that person is, that they are a much-loved child of God. 
that they are uh, made in his image, whether they realize it or not. It releases me, and hopefully it releases them also, but that's up to them. My heart is that the other person would be released from the bondage that they um, had that would make them say something. I am that person frequently. I am the offender also. And I want to be free from the things that kind of come out of my mouth that, that I say to other people also that are offensive. I, my heart is that we would both be free from those things. Um, and that we would know that we have been created in his image. Um, we want to get past the offense so that we can see them in the way that God sees them. Um, Graham Cook had a a little quick, quick video clip that they posted on Facebook this week that I think had an excellent definition of grace. There we go. Um, and it's the empowering presence of God to enable us to become the people God sees when he looks at us. So my um, hope and prayer this morning for not just me, but for all of us, is Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Thank you. Thank you. How about that? There we go. Sorry. Thank you so much. You made it. <laughs> hey, reach in front of you and grab. Uh, there's two cups in the bottom there. Um, you, man, I, had, I took a note, Gene, when you said, um, praise him for the reminders of his love and care for me. And I just love as we're heading into communion. What, no better example of that. Amen. You know, communion is such a reminder of, of what he's done. And so we take the bread and um, we just, I love, um, Kurt says, we put our finger and we break it. And we say, God, thank you for this reminder of your sacrifice, God. What, what an example of your love for us this morning, God. And so we take that together this morning. And we take the, the cup. And God, thank you for shedding your blood. God, thank you that this is the ultimate example, God, of your love for us and how we are to love others, God. Greater love has no man than he lays down his life for a friend. God, as we take communion, may, may that example, may that thought, that love resonate in our hearts this morning, God. Take it. Man, I'm just, I'm so thankful that we are a body that um, it, every church needs a shepherd. We don't have to have Kurt here all the time because God speaks to our body. God speaks to our family. And so I'm so thankful for Gene and for those that we have people in our congregation that can share, you know, that can get up here and, and, and deliver um, 
a sermon, deliver what God has for us. Um, so thank you again, just for being honest and, and bold enough to come up here and do that. Amen.